0: You can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us.
1: Here's Pastor Mike. Luke chapter 7 verse 36 is where we ended up last time. In verse 36, then one of the Pharisees asked him, Jesus, to eat with him. And when he went to the Pharisee's house, he sat down to eat. seems nice, doesn't it? The Pharisee invites him over to dinner, kind gesture. No, this is more of a shakedown. This is more of a, okay, here's my opportunity to get Jesus in front of me and to prove that he is not any kind of prophet that we want anything to do with. And that's really where he's at. A few decades ago, this is like when the church first started, maybe not even a year into it, We were invited to dinner by a a couple, very nice couple. They came to church, and they'd been coming for a little while, and they invited us to dinner, and they said they wanted to get to know us more. (laughs) What she didn't know was that her husband had done something a little bit odd when we first came, and and that was he came up to the church property, and Shannon and I came out, and he drove into the parking lot. We heard the gravel, you know, and we came out, and and he said, basically, Nobody's going to ever come to your church. He, he prophesied against us in the name of the Lord, you know. <laughs> so he told us that, you know, never was going to work and, and you know, nobody's going to come. And, and so I was just like, no, nope, no, thank you. You know, <laughs> and he left. You know, we're just kind of like, wow, you know, uh, whatever. And, and, and then a couple months later, his church closed. And then they showed up to church. And I don't think he ever told his wife that he'd done that because she seemed happy to be here, but he was just like, hmm. But we didn't say anything about it. I get it. You know, churches pop up all the time and it's irritating, you know, and you've been trying to do a church and then another church pops up and another church pops up. And, and so I didn't really hold it against him. But, but anyway, we go to dinner at their house and we thought we were just getting there to know them. But, but really it was more of a, here's how we want you to do church. We're, we're glad we're coming here, but now let's, we want you to tell you how we want you to do church. In fact, we think that people should raise their hands during worship. And we think that people should be more energetic. And, peop- and, and I said, you know, I, I appreciate that. And I, I love that. I love when people are energetic during worship. I love, you know, I love everybody to raise their hand and sway, you know, while the music is going and to clap and to really be into it. And I said, but, you know, I'm not going to manufacture that. I'm not going to make people do that. If, the, if that's what the Lord wants to do, then, then I, I'm just going to allow him to do that work in people's hearts. In fact, really what we want is for this, to, this be the, to, to be this church, to be what God wants it to be for this time, for these people, for this community, for, for, for now, for this, this season. And I said, it, it really doesn't have anything to do with what I want or what anybody else wants. But, but then the truth came out, and, and really what it said, they said was, and I totally resonated with this, they said, you know, when we were kids back in the 70s, we had this church, and it was just so amazing, and we'd just been looking for that church, you know, somewhere, and we just haven't found it yet. And my heart broke for them, because I, I get that. I mean, back in the 90s, when I was a kid, you know, I remember youth group, and there was a revival happening at Calvary Chapel Pocatello, and the youth group was 60 kids, and it was just like, like you never see me. It was just amazing what God was doing and moving amongst the people there, and, and I remember those exciting times, and here I am, starting a church where there's, you know, maybe 50 people on a Sunday morning, and it's kind of depressing, you know, and just kind of going through that. And and I get it. I get it. You know, you want it to be like it was. But then you always have to remember that no matter what stage you're in or where you're at, there's Jesus is there. And you can find Jesus there. And you can find Jesus in whatever church you go to or wherever context you find yourself in, because it's a personal relationship between you and him and not some experience. And so it just reminded me that this, this poor couple, you know, they've been searching for this experience all these years. They don't realize that Jesus is right there, that they can find Jesus wherever they're at. And yet they weren't going to have that. And so I invited them to go to a different church in town. I told them, hey, you know, the vineyard's just starting up. You should try that. Maybe it'll be more your taste. And, and it wasn't. Of course it wasn't, you know, because it, it can't be what we want it to be. It has to be what God wants it to be, right? And that's exactly what this Pharisee was, was trying to do. He was trying to get the Messiah to be who he wanted the Messiah to be. The, the Messiah can't be who he is. He has to be, my context, Jesus can't be who he is. He has to be who I think Jesus has to be. And I, I think that's a problem for us oftentimes. When we think that Jesus has to be molded to our context or to our ideas of who he is. So this, this Pharisee didn't invite Jesus to dinner to honor him but for very different reasons altogether. Verse 37, it says, And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil. That's like a tongue twister almost for me. Alabaster flask of fragrant oil. And stood at his feet behind him, weeping, And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with fragrant oil. Now, I want you to understand, first of all, this woman was not invited. Okay, And and so just to understand the context of how she got there and why she was there, she heard Jesus was in town. And just to set it so you kind of understand because you know exactly how this would be. In all of the Galilean region, the internet was down. It was not operating at all. In fact, it had been out for weeks, right? And then there's no TV, and there's no radio, and there's no entertainment other than maybe somebody playing a flute every once in a while or a horn somewhere, you know? I mean, there wasn't really a lot of things to do in these Galilean cities. And so what they would do is if there was somebody in town who was important or there was something happening, everybody showed up. That's just the way it was. It wasn't like today where we just sit and stare at the wall where our TV is or listen to something on a podcast on our phone. They didn't have those things. They just had to kind of just do whatever was happening. And so if it was happening, they were there. And you remember when Jesus was in Capernaum and he was preaching in the house and there was a, a group of people who wanted to get their lame friend to Jesus. He wasn't lame person, personality-wise. He was literally, couldn't walk. Sorry, I don't mean to be so punchy this morning, but they, they they couldn't get past the crowd because everybody wanted to cram in to hear what Jesus was saying. And so they literally went up onto the roof and broke up the tiles of the roof and le- let him down. And this would have been no different. Simon the Pharisee invites him to his house. Everybody, they would have opened the doors. They would have opened the windows. Every would have, everybody would have been crowded around this house, coming into the house, standing where they could stand so that they could watch Jesus eat with this Pharisee and hear what he had to say, it seems kind of creepy, but that's just the way that it was in those days. And, and everybody would come in and crowd in. And so this woman makes her way in to where Jesus was, right in front of Jesus. And she was not, again, not invited, and she wouldn't have been a welcome guest in the home. But you also have to understand something about hospitality. If Norm would have done this, you know, gone and borrowed butter in in first century Galilee would have been totally okay. you know. Come right in, Norm, my house is your house, me casa, su casa, you come in, you have your butter, you, no problem, I'm not gonna come to your door and say that's wrong. you know. That's the difference of the culture. And so if somebody comes into your house or somebody comes to your house in the Middle East, still even today, and in, in, in a lot of cultures in the world, you just invite them right in. And it doesn't matter if they're your enemy, you invite them right in and you treat them with the greatest hospitality. They are under your protection, they are under your roof. Just to give you an illustration of this, there was a pastor in the city of Holmes, Syria, and he was driving through town. There'd been bombs, a lot of bombs had gone off, of course, lots of fighting between Israel and and the Hamas and Syria, and lots of Christians being persecuted. And they drove to their church and they saw their church was completely bombed out, like completely gone. And he's like, man, my daughter got married here, and this is just so heartbreaking to see my church completely destroyed. Well, right then, he got a text message, and he pulled his phone out, and it was an old neighbor of his. He'd had to flee the city. He was just coming back to check on things, and it was an old neighbor of his, an Alawite, and Alawite's a, a type of, you know, Sunni and Shiite and, you know, different Muslims, but Alawites are a type of Muslim, and, and the guy texted him said, if I see you, I'm going to cut your head off. That was polite, and so he's, he's like, he tells his friend, he's like, you know, he lives right down the street here. Let's go to his house. And so they drive their little Mercedes-Benz down there. They go to the guy's house. They walk up to the door, and he's like, my friends. And he invites them in, and he offers them tea. And and he's just like, how are you doing? And you know, everything like this. And and they have some pleasantries and whatever. But he treats him with the utmost respect and hospitality. Once he's in his house, he's under his protection. Now, this pastor got down on his knees, and he held his head out, and he said, I'm here. Go ahead and cut my head off. He's like, no, 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 I would never do that, you know, just, I mean, completely lying, but, but this is just how they are when you're under their home, and so because they were there, he says, I have a gift for you, and he pulls out a New Testament Bible, and he sets it on the table, and he's like, "Whoa!" Oh. and the pastor leaves, and of course, the Alawite guy, he, out of curiosity, reads the New Testament and gets saved, you know, praise the Lord, doesn't want to cut his head off anymore, but that's just the way hospitality was. So if there was a woman who came in, even if she was somebody who didn't like, if they were in your home, you'd treat them with hospitality and that's just the way the culture was. And so all these people are coming in, she's under the protection of the hospitality, but she's gets, she positions herself right above Jesus' feet. Now, how is she positioning herself right above Jesus' feet if he's sitting at the table? We have to understand, it's not a table like, it's not like we think.